All right, guys, I've been teasing you about this episode. Um, I've been talking to Brandon Farley on Twitter for a long time. We, we discussed in the relationship. I've been trying to get him to hang out and everything else like that uh, in person, not through the interwebs. And I finally got him to do the podcast. And I tell you what, man, Brandon Farley, if you're listening to this, which I doubt that you will because you said you don't. I don't know. You're just a funny dude. You probably will. But anyways, I just want to say keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, if it, You know, you make awesome videos. Um, I know I kind of slob his knob in this podcast, but I really think he does an awesome job with video editing. Like, Not that I'm an expert or anything, but also, I mean, I, I'm just kind of blown away by how humble he is and how much he thinks outside the box um, towards society and everything else and how he really has like a collective, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. But I think he's a great dude. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to talk to him and um, we're going to try and do a podcast in person. And uh, follow him on Twitter at Tangerine Show. Uh, subscribe, like, and favorite his videos on YouTube. Um, so that's MischiefMaker37 on YouTube. Uh, he is an awesome. He's got a lot of talent. And send him some love, man. I mean, everybody... Here's the deal. Send us some love, too, on this podcast if you actually like listening to it. Um, just because we do this, I mean, independent media is totally done for an individual that wants to have put content out. So basically what that means is I'm doing – Wes and I started this for ourselves. I mean, it's kind of selfish, but we really did. We started it for ourselves. But we also are doing it because we think people want to hear what we have to say. Because we're crazy like that. So if you like what we're saying, let us know. I mean, positive feedback goes a long way. I mean, that's that's just all it is. If you have something shitty to say, I mean, don't say it. If you have something constructive to say, like, hey, there's a humming in this podcast or like something that can help us sound better or something that's constructive to say, say it. But if you just want to, you know, take a shit on us for doing that, don't say anything. Don't say anything shitty to anybody in reality. I mean, try not to think of shitty things about other people too i mean just try to be a good person that's all i want to say anyways enjoy this podcast you guys make it a great day enjoy your week um enjoy your holidays and that's all i have to say thanks bye thank you bill got dj paul on the cut So, I'm here with a special guest today, Brandon Farley. Most people will know him as the Mischief Maker on YouTube and Vimeo. Uh, what is it, Mischief Maker 37? Yeah. And uh, the Tangerine Show on, on Twitter. And what I think is incredibly interesting is that you don't think you're interesting at all. 
But man, I tell you what, like your videos are, are incredible. Like there's, there's no better word for that. They're totally awe inspiring. I mean, I, you just have a knack for video editing and, uh, I just was curious, like how you got started with film editing and everything else like that. Cause there's so many people, whenever I go to like death squad, Ohio events, like, uh, death squad PA, um, geo, he was just on the podcast that I'm still going to put up, but I mean, we were all talking about like how awesome your videos are. Um, so I just want to give you some love. Um, so what, what got you into editing? Well, first of all, thank you. No problem. Second of all, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up with anything good. <laughs> like that was just two minutes of like, you're just so good. And then it's like, whatever I say, it's going to be mediocre. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't because I don't think I'm interesting because uh, I don't I just make videos where of other of things that other people that have said that are interesting so and it doesn't i don't think that takes really it doesn't video editing isn't i don't think it's that hard yeah and i don't really i mean anybody can really do it i think it's just really uh just focus and time yeah at the same time though it is focus and time but a lot of people i don't think have that ability um I mean, it's just, it's like whenever I watch it, you know what right music to play. You you know how to find what videos to edit. There really is an art to it. Um, I don't I don't want to let you sell yourself short. Um, at the same time, I don't want to just slob on your on your dong the whole time. <laughs> Uncomfortable for the two of us. Yeah. But uh, real quick, because this blew me away. How old are you, Brandon? If you don't mind sharing, you don't have to share, but I think. Well, I'm 19. You're 19. That's incredible, dude. When did you start making videos? Uh, 13. 13. Yeah. And so you live in Ohio right now, but you weren't always from Ohio? I moved around uh, a bit. Lived in, uh, from Chicago originally. Moved, uh, lived in uh, Florida, Indiana, and uh, Michigan as well. Gotcha. Um, so what, how old were you when you started editing? I was 13. That's pretty awesome. What did you did you just use a, an Apple and then or do you use a PC? Oh, I use a PC, man. Awesome. Um, but anyways, as you were saying, Thanksgiving. So you had a good Thanksgiving. You uh, did the traditional. Uh, I don't want to steal your joke. What did you say you did after after said, dinner? I said I kept it real traditional. I went out after dinner and I gave all my neighbors blankets with smallpox on them. Generous of you. I, I hope that they really appreciate the, uh, the tradition. Uh, so I want to talk to you about. So when did you start watching Joe Rogan's podcast? That was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, I guess it was like uh, within the first year. I guess it was around. It was like August 2010, and the first episode I watched was the the Dane Cook episode. Pretty cool. Were you like, did, were you a Rogan fan before? Did you know him from like Fear Factor? Or? Fear Factor, yeah. And then I guess the Mencia video, because I was always a fan of stand up, and that like, it kind of blew my mind. That like, it introduced the uh, concept of somebody stealing, specifically in comedy. That just, well, one, that, and two, I was like, Fear Factor guy does stand up? I had no idea. Yeah, I uh, I was similar, man. I, I was kind of a fan of Joe Rogan 
when you know I was always a USC USC fan too, but I I vaguely remember my news radio because um, I'm 27, so I'm about eight years older than you. I think simple math, yeah, 27 minus 18 or 19. But for me, I was a big MMA fan, and I also was a big fan of Fear Factor. But then I I stopped really watching UFC because it was illegal. And then when it started getting back on, I thought the Ultimate Fighter was kind of a joke. So I was a big Hoist Gracie fan. I didn't always, I didn't always realize, I didn't really understand why they had weight classes. And then I, I got back into it back in about '05. And then I was like, holy shit, Joe Rogan does, Joe Rogan does MMA too. And I'm like, wow, he's really smart about it too. And then I kind of discovered it just through videos like yours. I, the first one I saw was actually, uh, you probably know who made it, but the American War Machine. Is that? Oh, that was that was a paradigm shift. Yeah, he makes pretty good videos too. Yeah, I've never gotten through an entire video of his because I just feel like a fucking piece of shit <laughs> halfway through. I can't. I just feel so subpar. I, you know, it's funny that you say that, but I bet if you talk to most people that well, most people that watch your videos and and his videos, I I, I doubt that it, many of them could tell a difference or even. And I'm not trying to take any credit from him. Or you, but I'm just saying, I, I think you sell yourself short. I mean, like, I, I am absolutely, whenever I watch one of your videos, like, I cannot wait. And then I retweet the shit out of it. Like, I'll retweet when you tweet it, and then I'll tweet it myself. I mean, you had, like, the one video, I'm trying to remember which one, but you had Roseanne Barr talking about how awesome your video was. I think it was the one about the the elections. Or That was, uh, that was, uh, I put it out on 4th of July, and I don't really... Really, it wasn't. I think she was just talking to Rogan, like it had nothing to do with me at all. No, she said something about that was a good video. No, nah, she said, uh, "Awesome, congratulations" or something like that. Uh, <clears throat> well, and it, like it, it was ap- It seemed almost apropos of nothing. <laughs> like, like she just wanted to say something to him. I choose to believe that she watched your video and she probably said congratulations that you have such a badass following. Now, maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic and I, I could be totally wrong, but I, I just think your videos are incredible. We can, we can move on and talk about other things, but I, I just, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we got to get you, we just, I, I don't know. We just got to get your shit out there, man. It's so, it's so good. So what do you, like, what do you do right now? Um, do you, are you just a student or what do you? Uh, I'm uh, unemployed. Oh, me too. If it wasn't for me being unemployed, I never would have started this podcast. Um, but at the same time, uh, I mean, for myself, it, you know, you get to a point where, like for myself, man, I was always in sales and I was always into like self-help books and listening to shit like that. And Really? Yeah, it's Tony Robbins. Dude, I loved I loved me some Tony Robbins back in the day, um, but it was you know it it's just not really real enough. Like there's so you, positive thinking only takes you so far. Like if you avoid the negativity and you're you're not real with the situation, you really can't get to that to the level where you really need to be to be successful or to just like go after your dreams or go after like who you really want to be and figure out who you really want to be. And I think for the podcast for me personally, like Joe Rogan's podcast really 
helped me start to think differently again and start to evolve my brain. And watching your videos, like not to keep getting back to it, but like watching your videos, I think really help people. Like I've had so many people that have started listening to Rogan's podcast and told me they did because they watch videos that I tweeted out that went on my Facebook page. So I, I think it, the power of like alternative media is, I mean, it's really good. I mean, you could either watch TV or people could watch a couple of your videos and actually. So I think, I think we, I just think like we we're really underestimating what the power is of people like us or whether like, you know, my podcast probably isn't the greatest podcast. It's definitely not Joe Rogan's podcast. But I think it's cool for me because it's it's been an opportunity for me to get people like you or people that or connect to more people even through Twitter or just this whole death squad community that's kind of come about and become a part of my life. And it it's just kind of a magical thing because I mean it's it's inspiring it's inspiring me and I, and I'd like to think like this like this whole it's just like well there's a whole collective there's some sort of collective inspiration i mean it goes a, a long route like what do you think your biggest inspiration is for your videos uh i don't know uh i'll get to that but like i think the problem with uh because uh you talk talk about like uh you know self-help books and you know motivational speakers and it's like i think the problem with that why that's so ineffective is because all those guys essentially they're just saying the same shit they're just repeating they're just regurgitating talking points and it's you know you read one you read them all really and you self-help books so it's really like just through sort of public speaking and all that you can achieve a lot as far as inspiring people but if you don't if it's, there's no passion behind it i think you said that some, something like that there's you know what are you really doing it's kind of a, just a it's just it doesn't connect with you because it's not it's disingenuous. It's you know it's kind of disconnected from from the everyday life of the average. Yeah, yeah. Like, like have you ever seen uh? There's that one video of uh. It's like some guy, it's like some bald middle-aged dude with a gut confronting Deepak Chopra at a Q and A. He's just like you're. He was like, it was it was incredible because it was. You know, deep. It was. He was just saying, Deepak Chopra is just. Well, you know, you're positive. He was. It's like uh, pseudoscience in a way. Yeah, I agree. And then he'll he'll learn a little bit about quantum physics, and pretend like he's ultimately an expert, and people believe that he's an expert. And it's it's like a it's like an abuse of, it's like an abuse of people's. To think of the word of people's uh, perception, he's like a well, well, they're abusing uh, their insecurities too because really they're not nobody's at a self help seminar because they're doing everything right, yeah, that's true. And they're going there for the answers, and they're not they think me personally, like I, I really got into reading books and self help from being in network marketing, which I was one of those dudes that would call you up and talk about oh yeah this guy's he's not working a job anymore and everything and I, and I think it was like it just because a part of me was was just tired of the bullshit of you know whoring figuring you know I'd gone to school uh, and I wasted essentially wasted you know five years of my life or four years of my life 
studying stuff that I ended up even going to use. And then I was looking at my debt and I'm like, you know, I have a mortgage here and I'm not necessarily, you know, and all I have is a piece of paper to show for it. That's all I'm going to have. And I, th- I think a lot of, I just think, you know, for me, it was, it was just an opportunity. It was, it was, it was like a way for me to keep dreaming, but it, it like all the information I was taking wasn't always adding up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it almost, it becomes, uh, like a replacement for religion in a way where, you know, the hole that sort of religion fills with people where it gives them, you know, confidence in this, uh, being in this, you know, uh, in, you know, in a greater plan or a greater being. And it, you know, it, it's like a, almost like it, it replace, it puts, uh, it's like a scaffolding and then, you know, almost like the same way in religion, you know, you really start to analyze and you're like, well, What's going on here? Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense, man. Um, what did, uh, so like growing up, were you always on the internet? Uh, not really. Like, uh, no, like, uh, it went from when I was younger, like we had a computer and it was just this thing that was in this one part of the house that, you know, is right next to the kitchen table and nobody really used. And then, <clears throat> went from that to this thing that I might use sometimes at my dad's work, you know, like, uh, like I'd go there and he had, you know, he had the internet and that was back. That was like 99, 2000. The only, the only thing me and my brother would do, we would just go on, like, we were really into WWF. Yeah, man, I've been there. It was just, we would just look at like wrestling websites and all that. That was all, that was all we would do. Then went from that to like, it was just this sort of gradual progression of like this thing that I might use sometimes to and then really once YouTube and MySpace hit around, you know, 2006, then it became this thing that's in my life all the time. Like we are eight years of that's eight years, like just with technology and everything. And I'm just thinking, I didn't learn. I mean, man, I couldn't think. I didn't. I didn't have the. How could I explain this? I. I didn't really have the information to tell me that I was being lied to, until I turned about 20. I think I was 22, and I started to figure out that man, people are lying to me, whether it be 9/11 or talking about just with history in general and the internet's just kind of opened that door up for me to constantly feed myself information and, and grow my mind um if that makes sense so i mean well, yeah i mean it's always been there but yeah. like you said it was just a game it's just uh almost democratized it to where it's like you can't just certain things are undeniable now like you couldn't like if somebody, if you brought up the Gulf of Tonkin, was like, "Whoa, it's clearly a lie. It's always, it's you know, it's been documented as a lie for a long time." But if you don't, there's no internet. Like even still, people don't really uh, use the internet like they should, or as a tool for uh, information. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, you could still, you know, I know, I know there's a lot of people that like, like I would sit in history class sometimes. Just like whatever they would kind of just go with whatever was being said, even though I knew 
just from reading doing sort of research that it was that it wasn't true or that it was you know they're leaving out a few key t- details and it's so what's that like in high school just as you've recently been there and I know for for college you know the internet helped me call call bullshit on a couple professors but it wasn't like the internet it wasn't back then what it is today like what uh so what what's your inspiration for what got you into film editing like what what made you want to do it is it just something you thought sounded cool and then you've just been working on it since you were 13 or well kind of uh like uh it sort of started with jackass like that was jackass and like skate videos my brother and my cousins are all like uh three years older than me right and uh and it was just through hanging out with them and they all s- skated and we would just videotape you know sort of them skating and then whatever else we would do and then it really was just about i only started editing so that i could learn how to do it so that i could edit we were planning on putting out a skate video but that just ended up being us just fucking around as kids yeah just recording ourselves talking and smoking weed like it really it really went nowhere fast yeah yeah well, that's the thing though now. I mean, but look at I just look at your skills now, man. I mean, like you're you're editing skills. I mean, they're really amazing and I'm I'm going to sound like a, a total fanboy cuz I keep saying it, but I mean, I, it I don't think like if if you say like I like there was multiple people that when I was like, "Yeah, you know the Tangerine shows in Ohio." They're like, "No way." And I was like, "Yeah, he's only like a 19-year-old kid, too." They're like, "Get out of town, man." Like, yeah, because a lot of people think me and Red Ben are the same person. <laughs> that's pretty funny I, a lot of, i get a lot of people asking me sending me youtube messages and comments really i'm blown it up it's like seven people but there's seven people out there who think that me and him are the same person it's kind of absurd pretty funny uh well, I, I don't really help it much because whenever they ask i just reply with you know olive garden butthole <laughs> that's hilarious um so what was like your so are you a big film fan? Because I know I've, I've watched your videos on Vimeo too, and you had like outtakes of the boxer. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah, uh, yeah, de- definitely. What's what's your favorite genre of movies? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I guess I guess just comedies or like crime dramas. I guess. Yeah. Really recently really into some french movies just because a lot of i think a lot of their directors are just really kind of out there and they're always there's not that that sense of like just you know corporate corporations and and advertising just built into the films um like i'm a, I'm a big fan of gaspar no the guy that made like enter the void and irreversible and mm-hmm. uh jean-pierre Jeunet's pretty sweet too he made uh delicatessen and he made alien alien Requiem. Alien Requiem, but the um, the fourth Alien, which a lot of people took a shit on, but I actually like that movie. Um, and you had like, the Lost of Children, but they're all very psychedelic. I just think they're cool, so I don't know if you'd seen those or not. Uh, I've never really gotten in the foreign film, mainly because I, I just didn't want to become one of those assholes. Yeah. Where it's like, it's it's I don't know what it is, but it's like if you start watching too many art house movies or like foreign films, you just become a dick. Yeah, it's it's that hipster esque. Like, uh, 
I, I like my own type of movies. I don't go to the theaters. They don't have the movies I like. I, I know what you're saying. Like you, it's like a counterculture sort of sort of arrogance to it. Um, I think that's the worst thing about Columbus actually is how many hipsters there are here, um, especially like Clinton. I don't know if you've been out there that much. No, I've never, like, uh, I know what a hipster is, but I've never really, like, seen him, seen one yet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like really, it's like the further you get out from, like, cities, it's just the more diluted it becomes. And then once you just get out to where I am, it's just people wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> There's, is there, like, an emo scene at all? Emo, I guess. Yeah. Just people wearing wearing heavy metal t-shirts, skinny jeans, and then sort of acting like uh, you know what they what they're into is so is much better than what you're doing. That makes sense. There's still like that sense of arrogance, but everybody wears skinny jeans. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really weird. I can't wear skinny jeans, man. I'm not skinny, so that that doesn't really work out for me. I've never understood it because now it's like uh, now it's the skinny jeans that they sag, so it's like yeah, it's, it's really tight. It's it's just a mess. Like I think we're slowly devolving. Like I think in in like 50 years we're just gonna be walking around naked again, because like it, it's it went from if you think about it, it went from naked to like leaves just on. It's not covering up whatever, and then loincloths, and then you know like a like a togas and like a, you know whatever the Egyptian like the tar like they just like they have the John J Rambo thing where they just like put a put a animal skin over them and tie it at the waist, and then slowly you get to like corsets and those big dresses, fucking stupid shoes with buckles on them, and then. From there, you get like the uh, poodle skirts. I'm really fast forwarding because there's just big chunks of history that I don't give a fuck about. Uh, then you get to Back then you get jeans. then you get to more modern times where it's just kind of jeans and a t-shirt. Now it's getting to the girls. I mean, I like looking at it, but you know they're just wearing leggings. There was that one winter time where girls thought that tights were pants. And a lot of the companies that sold the tights would advertise that these are not pants. Well, now they have uh, jeggings. Yeah, those are weird too, man. I I enjoy them, but they're they're definitely weird. Right. She can't even take them off just because they're so fucking tight. I just can't imagine that's really good for your circula- circulation. I mean, it's good for my eyeballs, but it's not good for their circulation. What do you think? Uh, think of reality tv i mean you've kind of grown up with that like what do you what kind of influence do you think it's having on people your age and kids growing up um i don't know uh like uh, one thing i've noticed about reality tv is that i've never seen whenever i've i don't watch it at all but whenever i watch somebody watching it it's like there, it's very. There's no sort of expression on their face. They don't laugh at any point during it at all, and it's really weird. It's like, uh, 
it's almost like a tr- they get entered into a trance and they're just staring at it and they're and they're not getting they're getting entertainment to a certain degree but they're not really getting anything back like like i watch like i keep up with maybe three tv shows and what do you, you know, do you, you watch know, can you i know, get watching them because you know i emote I, you know i laugh i do you know shows just, watch uh really i only watch like it's like louie and then boardwalk empire and that's it you don't watch breaking bad at all no i try like i watched a I really dug the first season, and after that, I kind of fell out of the loop. Yeah, the second season it kind of falls off. I, you know, man, I'm really limited. Like, I don't, I don't have cable. I use uh, Usenet. I don't know if you're familiar with Usenet. It's like a safer way than torrents. Um, you have to pay for the service, but it's to me, it's a lot. I like, I just prefer it because you don't have to upload anything. But I don't like. I can't stand TV most of the time just because of all the advertisements, and I don't. But that's like the glaring thing that really sticks out if you stop watching TV because just through sort of my disinterest in, in uh, making videos, I just stopped really watching TV. And then I was like, I was watching I was watching TV, TV earlier and I was watching the commercials and I was just baffled. I was like, what are you, are you just like, it's almost like they're just people write them. They're just writing things that happen. Then at the end, it's like, oh, uh, you know. But renting space in people's head. I mean, people will buy. I mean, you really like I just even noticed like even just from watching sports, like the things things that I might buy. It's typically because of commercials that I've seen in sports, like something that I maybe unconsciously buy. Um, it's it's a really weird thing for me. Just just because I understand the psychology of marketing. Did you ever see uh, the century of the self? No, but I did see. Uh, have you ever seen? Uh, did you see that Morgan Spurlock documentary about uh, economics or the one about McDonald's? No, it was another one. It just it was like his last one about product placement. He made a documentary about product placement, funded by product placement. You a fan of Morgan Spurlock's? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, a lot of people have sort of problems with him because he has does almost like a sort of more broader uh documentaries which is fine like i don't like any like it's it's weird how people get very snobbish about uh like uh, if two things are too broad or like specifically with comedies just i don't know but uh no you're saying yeah i things they're doing now keep a food journal like, he never showed his food journal for Supersize Me, but I did, like, I checked out his show 30 Days. I think that was a really good concept. Um, 30 Days, I'd live with, you know, a gay person if they were a conservative straight person, or, you know, you'd live with a Muslim family if you're, like, an evangelical Christian fundamentalist. Um, that was pretty interesting, and he did some Freakonomics stuff, but, I, yeah, that was my biggest criticism was just Supersize Me. Like, Supersize Me was the... I, I, apparently, I don't... It could be bullshit, but from my understanding... A lot of the funding that came into that movie was actually from like the lawyers law firm that were suing McDonald's for those kids that got fat. Really, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. What What I was gonna bring up before was uh, in the documentary I was talking about. My bad. Uh, yeah, it's all right. What they do now with commercials and trailers and movie trailers. That's why you know all movie trailers are the same now. Yes. Is they they'll cut together a couple different versions, 
and they'll send people in to get and they'll show them the commercial where they're getting a CAT scan and they'll use and they'll pick the version of the trailer that they want based on you know how people's brains react to them that's crazy they 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 choose you know whatever trailer just makes it the most active so it's just you know trailers just you know it's just vague action sequences cut to like fade effects and dubstep music it's just you know it's just go 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 it's just you know just it's kind of just like images and sound ejaculating in your face just constantly yeah that's true I, I i just saw skyfall today which i actually really enjoyed javier bardem's a pretty phenomenal actor but like something that i noticed when i was sitting in the, in the theater and like and i'm always on internet movie database too checking out what movies are coming out but they showed way too much movies now in trailers like it's it's like the, you know what like the new movie Silver Lining or whatever the one with Bradley Cooper and the Chris Tucker uh, is Chris Tucker in that yeah, he's in that the Hunger Games and the new X Men movie I know what you're talking about yeah like they show the whole plot in that in the in the trailer in the theater like it shows oh you know hey they're both kind of fucked up people oh but then his dad accepts her or his dad accepts her yeah, and but- then that movie going really it's another one of those sad white people movies you know it's like where the it's like uh oh i'm messed up too and i'm messed up but we're gonna make this you know work and they play like bad indie music like it's the same they're essentially just making juno over and over again yeah what did you think of juno did you like that movie yeah I, i dug it but uh Fuck, what were we talking about before that? Oh, we were talking about marketing and running space in people's heads and film trailers. And I- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, I don't know. And it's getting, like, absurd with remakes. Like, have you seen any trailers for the uh, the new Red Dawn? Yeah, I... Super one. I mean, the first one was a crazy 80s Patrick Swayze movie when... Those movies were like Roadhouse and shit like that. Like those movies were expected, but now they're like, oh, well, they're not North Koreans now. They're Chinese, um, and it just shows so much of the movie. Well, oh, I'll get back to that, but dude, that guy, I don't know his name, but he's literally doing a Patrick Swayze impression. It's it's fucking baffling. It's like what? what? The guy, uh, the guy that plays Thor, and I, I think that I think it's his brother or something. No. There's, no, that's him, and Thor is in that movie. All right, well, he's doing a Patrick Swayze impression, and it's offensive. It's it's very offensive. Like, uh, I thought the new Total Recall, man, that movie was pretty terrible, too. Um, it was so terrible that I actually went and read the short story, and just to say, because I was like, man, they don't even go to Mars. I wonder what happened in the short story. And I tell you what, then I got on, like, Philip K. Dick, and I read... All of his books, like even like the uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, what uh, Blade Runner is based off of. And it's, it's just like to me, like back then, people would actually, they would take his short stories and they'd actually kind of expand them and like kind of create their own thing with it. Where now, like the remake is just, there's no really originality in it. There's like, hey, let's try to create our own thing from a movie that was already a derivative of this short story. But we're not going to make a separate derivative of this short story in like in this director's or this screenwriter's vision. Instead, it's going to be this 
let's throw some money, let's get some sexy actors in it, and let's have a lot of special effects. But there's no substance to the actual movie itself. It's dog shit. I mean, it's 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 horribly offensive. Like the there's a three titted chick in the new Total Recall movie, but there's no mutants in it. Like there's no reason to put a three titted chick in it except for yeah, we get you're remaking Arnold's old movie and you're doing it. Hey, look who's here. It's that thing you like from the other one that we're not going to really... It's five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the remakes are so bad, man. It's Why can't... Why, there's no originality anymore in film. It's Film is becoming so much like music where they just have... Like, hey, you're a handsome white man. We're going to write your music. They're going to be beats that we know psychologically are catchy to people. And because you can sing okay, but you're really attractive... We're going to make a bunch of money off of you, and we're going to pay you a little bit. Well, to be fair, that was the game for like a long time, up until, you know, sort of the 60s and 70s, where it was, you know, the, whereas like, uh, you know, the Beatles and all those guys where they sort of, you know, uh, music and. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, you know, we, you know, listen to like 10 songs. That were the top ten, like the top ten songs are like 1955. It's all gonna be the, it's all gonna be, you know, all crooners, you know, like ooh, and it's like just vague sexual in innuendos. It's just, I don't know. It's uh, like we keep saying offensive, and it's so odd that, like, like culture, like a lot of culture, it's not like offensive, like it's like language or it's sort of obscene acts or anything like that. Like there's this old clip of uh, when Rogan first started doing Fear Factory. He was on politically politically incorrect, like the first yeah, you know, film yeah. show. And he was like debating them on if it's dumbing down the culture or whatnot. And, that was in a, and in the beginning of the clip, Bill Maher's like shitting on Destiny's Child. And it's like... It's sort of like weird the shift where it's like it's like the Kardashians, like they're not doing, they're just existing, yet they're far more offensive than people eating animal dicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's absolutely the that's absolutely the truth. Uh, Fear Factor at least was something. It was just something that was it was its own thing, like it was original. Like yeah, it was it was a silly premise, and I think Rogan said it best. He said he just was like, you're going to pay me to do this, and you're going to pay me that much money? Absolutely, I'll do that. And he goes, come to my surprise, we did five more seasons. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it was just uh, it was just something that was funny. But then you have the Kardashians, where people, I mean, people so obsessed with, like, these fake lives of these phony people that they don't, they don't get out in the world and live their own lives, or they don't do anything creative on their own, because it's... They're so dumbed down that they don't know how to. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I'm not sure that that's happening. I think that it's, it's almost like uh, the more and more sort of, you know, uh, like uh, people aren't doing, aren't like the more unhappy people become, the more sort of grotesque, uh, sort of the culture becomes around that. Whereas, you know, like the Kardashians, it's. It's really what, you know, it's like, I'm not saying anything new, but what is, what has she done? One, two, it's, it's not even just Kim Kardashian. It's the Kardashians. Yeah. It's the entire family 
banking off of, you know, sort of the infamy of an incident off of, of one and just, you know, getting like they signed. It was like a couple months ago they signed that the new contract. It was $44 million. It's like that's insane. Did you see how much they re-signed Honey Boo Boo and her family for? I guess. Uh, don't, don't tell me. Please don't tell me. In reality, though, it's not that much money as opposed to, you know, paying the cast of Friends a million dollars an episode, but... Well, yeah, that's definitely... That's definitely it, too. Like, it's... It's really... At the base of it, it's just simple economics. It's, okay, we pay... You know, we go out, we shoot, you know, what is it, like, eight weeks at the Kardashian house. We pay four guys to do it. They edit it in, you know, three days, because it's... You know, like every reality show, it's like, like it's, it's like before the commercial break, it's like six minutes and nothing, and then like 30 seconds of something happening, which they then sort of go over the commercial break and they come back to nothing really happens again. Like it'll be like, it'll be like, uh, like let's say it's you and me, right? And we're in the house and you bought some donuts earlier in the day and I ate the donuts and then... It would be six minutes of me eating the donuts. Then it'd be the last 30 seconds of you coming in. You'd be like, who the fuck ate my donuts? Commercial. And it would come back and it's like coming up. And it's you being like, man, you can't eat my donuts. And then commercial. And then it comes back and it's just us talking about me eating your donuts for six minutes. That's so true. And how many people, how many of those film editors do you think are just up-and-coming filmmakers like yourself that are just looking for a job in the industry and then they're they're essentially whoring out their values to just to make some money or in their field or their respective field i could be stretching it there yeah i don't i'm not so sure it's like whoring out i think it's like uh it's like you need a certain amount of credits to do this and you need experience and it looks good you know what I mean? Like uh, I was uh, on Reddit a couple months ago. There's uh, one of the camera operators from Team Mom was doing like an AMA. Okay. And it's, you know that guy didn't want to be in some house in Iowa while, like, literally one of the stories he told was uh, the girls apparently like when they're on camera, they're way better parents than they are off camera. Like off camera, one of the girls. The way they fed her kid was it was a bit it was twin babies. They were on the floor, like they couldn't walk at all. She just dumped cheese puffs on the floor. They just kinda like sucked them off the floor to eat them. That's horrifying. And it's like, man. And you know, like you can't you can't really blame like we're not not blame, but you can't put any sort of fault on Yeah. Yeah. On the, the camera operator or like the guy it's more of a, an empathy thing like I, I feel bad that but at the same time i think they do do a certain justice because but it, it well it, it's just kind of it, it is becoming an art form like rogan was talking about it with les stroud the other day it is becoming more of an art, an art form but it's just an offensive one um but yeah i, I wasn't trying to fault them I just don't think that they they necessarily have there's not necessarily a ton of options and so like what you were saying you have to take some of those smaller jobs to kind of build your your career 
Oh yeah, definitely. And it's it's almost like like I completely just lost my train of thought. I don't <laughs> no problems. I doubt that was really helping. We were just talking about reality TV. Um, the influence of that. Like, do you have any? Like, what are your aspiring goals? Making us dumber. We just fucking just fumbled this in. We just spiked the ball straight into the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> we totally, we totally did. What are your like? So, what are your plans just with films? Like, have you thought about like looking for different opportunities or looking for? Well, right now, uh, I'm gonna be starting it. I'm actually gonna be starting an editing job in the next couple months. That's all. That's awesome. Talk about spiking the ball right in the dirt for the conversation. That's a weird thing about Skype too. Like if 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 we were in the same room, it's easier to make a connection. Like it's it is it's cool to talk, but especially for the first time whenever you're talking to someone and it's through Skype, there's still like that that kind of like sense of awkwardness. Like we we really don't know each other, but we do know each other sort of. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm I'm sure you're glad to know that I'm not like a 14 year old Asian boy. <laughs> I could tell by the way you're talking. Because you know, before this, I know people are listening to this, but before this, it was just sort of messages on Twitter, and it's like you don't really know who you're talking to. Yeah. And, like, hey, you should just come over and hang out. But that's it's been uh, it's been it's been you know taking those chances like just just meeting. It's like Twitter's been like a friend dating service. It's not like a dating service, you know, to meet chicks, but to like to meet friends. Um, it's been like a, a pretty powerful tool recently for me. So I'd always like send you a message and I'd be like, oh, that's, that's kind of creepy. But hopefully he doesn't take it the wrong way and think I'm some fucking petter ass or something like that. Like trying to get into my pants. Like, yeah, like it would it'd be totally like going about it the wrong way. Like, hey, listen. Uh, listen, I'm gonna. I know how I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna get into this guy in a bed. I'm gonna invite him to a David Tell show, and that way. It's just one of those things. Like uh, I was trying to. It was before I was trying to connect with people before we went to that first Death Squad party. So when I the way we got connected with people was this guy Bender sent me this random tweet, and he was like, "Hey, I'm having a party with a bunch of people that I don't know." And I'm inviting you too, and we're all gonna we're all gonna have edibles, and then we're gonna go to the woodlands and watch Joey Diaz and Brian Redband. And I was just like, oh, all right, yeah, that that sounds good. So I couldn't actually make it at the beginning, but then we went to the that show, and and it was still kind of weird. And then um, they had another party when Bert Kreischer was in town. And every time I'm always trying to get you to go too. I'm like, hey, Brandon, you should really come. And hang out with us. Yeah, and every time it's like, it's almost like I have to remind you. I'm like, listen, I don't have a car, I don't have a license. Really? So this, I don't have a license either. Mine's probably mine's due to legal. I got a an OVI uh, in July, which I'm still in court over. Um, it was in Dublin. So My, mine is just laziness. <laughs> Well, if you don't really have a lot of places to go, there's not a whole. I mean, it's 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 expensive yeah. gas and a car. And then you got to pay insurance on it and everything else like that. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, uh, like I, the, like you're literally the first person that like I've ever really talked to about the podcast or anything. Like, you're the first like Death Squad fan 
I've met. And I, I'm not even, we're not in the, I haven't met you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just through Skype. We'll have to hang out soon, man. There's a lot of cool people. I mean, I, I've kind of felt weak sauce in this conversation personally. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really bring it personally, but it's just kind of weird. I always think that though, whenever I'm recording these, there's always like a different way you could have said something or done it. I'm not sure if you do the same thing when you're editing and then you post a video and you rewatch it. If you think, you know, maybe I should have put this clip in or maybe I should have played that song there. Um, my friend Dave, he's a tattoo artist. He's also a Death Squad fan and he's probably going to have his own hour in the podcast too. But he said that the same thing. He's never liked a tattoo that he's he's finished. Like he's never liked one of those tattoos. Um, he thinks different ways I can do it. Uh, I don't really know what I'm saying right now, Brandon. But I think you. Well, know. yeah, I understand because that like I've actually tried to do a podcast three different times. They were all awful, <laughs> and they were all awful directly because of me. Like I just fucking I just fucked them up so bad. Like I wasn't even like I just had nothing to say. I had no nowhere to take any sort of any conversation. Like I would just. Like they would hand the conversation off to me and I would just fumble it in my lap like I just said. And then Yeah. And, and there's this one time where like it was me and my two friends. I was fucking really high. Like I, I like they would literally say something to me. Yeah. And I would and I'd be like, Yeah, yeah. And I would say something back to them that had nothing to do with what they just said to me. I've totally been there, man. I've totally, I I honestly don't smoke or drink before I do these, just because uh, I did. I took a hit um, the other day when when my buddy came over, and like luckily could carry the conversation. There was like a lot of moments where like nobody's talking and I'm like, oh, I should probably say something. But he would jump in, thankfully. So I've, I've totally been there. Like you're trying to listen to what someone's saying to you, but you just can't. Like you're just in your head and then you you just say something that's totally random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was really interesting. I'm glad I just shared that. <laughs> Have you been what what uh I'll per, I'll ask you something like what do you have you been keeping up with this Petraeus thing at all like do you have anything what's have I any idea what's going on I've only from what I've seen on the Daily Show and what I've seen on Colbert um but it just sounded like the dude was was banging his biographer but everybody's trying to make it seem like it was some conspiracy. Uh, like on the news stations, but usually news station conspiracies aren't conspiracies. Yeah, like, the, the real conspiracy is like what what are they trying? What are they putting this out out so much to cover up? Like you know, that's something I didn't even think about, man. What do you what do you think they're covering up? I mean, I have no idea. It might have to do. I don't. You know, I like I I go back and forth on conspiracies all the time. Like I try to get somewhere in the middle. Where it's sort of somewhat reasonable, because it's really easy to get caught up in it's all a conspiracy. Every uh, the media, the corporations, they're all out trying to get you, you know. But really, sometimes it's just it's like it's things get covered up not out of like it's almost like like let's say there is this conspiracy, 
out there, you know, like the CIA. They're like, all right, something that we're going to have to just put the, put this out there. And then because it's almost like using people's faults against them, like because they know if they put the, this Petraeus thing out there that the news is just going to eat it up and whatever else. Just because there's not a lot of interest in stuff like, like let's say, just using Section 1021 of the National Defense Authorization Act. Yeah. Like, no, like that's not, it's not going to, people aren't going to keep tuning into the news about that. But since this is like a, almost like a soap opera, or, you know, like a reality show that's just playing out in real time across, you know, days and days and news coverage and, you know. agree like anything that's not real news or and the same thing too this time of the year is usually when they try to like push through bullshit bills um i did see you know it could be covering up who who obama's choosing for his uh cabinet um i think that's very possible i don't know if you saw but the the asshole that thought up uh sopa is actually rumored to be obama's new secretary of state well all those guys, like whenever, uh, <clears throat> generally when a new president comes in, they have to be debriefed on, you know, on uh, national security and all that. But it's like, again, I'm not saying anything new, but it's like, who, who the fuck are they? Yeah. And generally all those people, they're like, they, like, there's a, a lot of cabinet members and just people sort of in those positions. Or send multiple, uh, multiple. Um, they stay there through multiple presidents. Like I guarantee you, there's at least there's a good number of people who worked for Bush that are working for Obama now, and then they've probably been in since you know Reagan. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, they're just career politicians. I mean, they're just. They're either bouncing out of being a lobbyist or a CEO of a corporation, or if they're in economics, you know, some professor of economics that's going to write some bum economic theory that everybody's going to get on board about. And Bill Maher's going to have a guest on that says like, you know, Keynesian economics is, is the way to go. Um, when, it, when clearly it's not working, and in like back to what you're saying, like it's it's so annoying because people don't. People refuse to see that it's not that it is two side like that it's not a two party system anymore. Um, but even like what, what kind of bugs me though is even if we had a third party, I don't know how much of a difference it would really make. Like how long is it going to take for that third party to get infected with corporations just throwing money at them? Um, you know, I, I'm proud to say that I'm a libertarian member and you know I've subscribed to Reason Magazine and everything, but I mean, in reality, I mean, it, it, there's, you know, it's hard to not be apathetic. It's hard. Well, yeah, it is definitely, like, to just not be pessimistic pessimistic at all. Because I look at, you know, there's always the theory of, uh, you know, the very popular sort of theory amongst people of, you know, the simulation. Or not simulation, but of uh, the singularity. And at one point we're going to merge with machines, but it's like, oh, because it can happen or it's like, it's probable that we'll get to this point where it can happen. It doesn't mean that it will necessarily, because if you look at, if you buy into the conspiracy that this is all, that corporations 
corrupt politicians and the media are just trying to control you then and control you for money so if you ascribe to that then you know why would they let everybody just join into the infinite why would that happen that it's bad for business yeah and I, and I think um you know I, my last Skype podcast I had with a good friend of mine on uh actually Williams he was saying you know the only really real way for us to achieve that kind of freedom to be free from conditions and and corporations um is for us to not to just become small sovereign nations which kind of makes sense to kind of go back to the whole tribe thought which sounds easy but if you think about it like it 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 does make sense um I just don't know how feasible it really is. I don't. I don't think that would ever. It's just so hard, man. There's so many people that like being sheep. There's just so many people that don't don't necessarily want want to be free. Freedom is a terrifying thought to them. But do you think? Do you think like most people your like your age are are becoming more and more of like a libertarian esque mindset, or do you think it's it's mixed, or do you think there's just so many people that are just apathetic, or sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I think think so, and then other times not so much. Like uh, I don't know. I've never really liked that idea of. Uh, I guess because it's been beaten to death by so many stupid hippies of, you know, the idea of sheep or whenever somebody says sheeple. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I just uh, I think it's just sort of like like I was saying before. I just think, you know, you could. Uh, think it's all this evil conspiracy or it's just people looking at sort of exploiting human nature in a way yeah it's hard to really think that out it's alan i was reading what alan moore said and i don't know if you're a fan of alan moore's at all um or if you've like read a lot of comics but i recently started reading a lot of his comics like the watchman and v for vendetta Um, Mm -hmm. but like i was reading something he said about something along the lines of you know Everybody wants to think that there's somebody behind it. Like there's somebody like whether it's the Rothschilds, you know, it's the banks or it's Congress or it's this or it's that. Guy in a top out, twir- top hat twirling his mustache. Yeah. His mustache just thinking like, oh, this is what we're going to do now. But in reality, it could just be a lot of people who are greedy and just trying to, to do what's best for them. Yeah, it's more of like people. I like to think of it more as like a business decision, yeah. versus uh, like they have a you know it's a plan like a putting a plan out on you know blueprint on a table. People standing around smoking cigars, you know. Yeah, the smoky room, like yeah. A files. Yeah, I don't rubbing their hands together, plotting and everything. It's more of like, uh, all right, there's this guy JFK. He's kind of a problem. Uh, Listen, you should probably kill him, right? Yeah, all right, well, all right, done. Let's go out to lunch. Yeah, I think it. I think it is interesting. I do feel like there is something to do with money in the banks, though. I just the way that we keep creating these bubbles and we keep making loopholes so these bubbles can be created and burst, and that people can just get filthy rich. I just, I don't like. When is enough going to be enough? Like, when is it? When is enough going to be enough for people to stop being so materialistic or to stop being so greedy? I think that's like the ultimate question. Like how many, how, what is it going to take for people to just, just realize the sickness 
and I think it's really just uh, I don't think there is any sort of avoiding it in in any sort of way because it's like you know looking at um, you know sort of past civilizations they all get to a certain point and it tumbles so I'm not so sure if it's because human nature is very repetitive yeah, and it's just it gets caught in a loop. I just think uh, just what what's happening now is just we're just up at like almost the peak of the loop where it starts going back around the other side. Yeah, and <clears throat> and it's I don't think it's avoidable at all. I just think that it you know it's it's always gonna it's almost like uh, it's always gonna happen and. We can't prevent it, which I feel like that's all that the bailouts were doing was just trying to prevent from happening. Uh, like just with just a financial collapse, that's going to happen. Like the dollar is going to collapse or. Well, that's uh, like, you know, you see all these sort of commercials, you know, like this past election cycle with Obama, you know, saying he fixed the, uh, the economy. I mean, I'm not probably wrong about that, but it's it's put him in a positive light him and the economy in positive light but you know i i walk around my neighborhood every day and i keep seeing more and more for sale signs like i did four years ago when everything collapsed so it really seems i don't it really seems like there's going to be another one it's just i mean the biggest thing is that back when the first depression happened they didn't have food stamps they had soup kitchens if you go to your grocery store, like I was listening to Alex Jones once and, you know, he was all crazy, like, go to your grocery store. And, you know, I can't do the, the Alex Jones. It sounded more like Jim Ross. But he man, like, go to your grocery store and just ask. Like, I went to a self-checkout thing and it was in a pretty nice area where it was like right outside Dublin. I mean, it was it was lower. It, I mean, it wasn't as nice an income as Dublin. But go to like a, like go to your grocery store the next time you buy like some groceries and just ask the clerk. How many people do you think, what percentage of people do you think use food stamps to buy their groceries? And this lady told me it was probably 40%. And this was almost two years ago. I can't imagine that it's any better. Well, mine is, I'd be a little biased. Or not biased, but it'd be a little, little on the other side out of here. I don't think I could get an accurate reading off of that. I think just if people ask, I mean, it, my whole point being that we don't really know how bad it is because there's there's good social programs in place that hide it. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, like that's the biggest thing. Like it's hidden more now than what it is back then. Like my, my stepdad, I mean, I lost my job because I didn't really lose it. I quit my job and then I was about to start another one, but they rescinded their offer after I'd already quit my job. And then I was just kind of in this weird place, and it was actually a good thing because I wouldn't have started this podcast, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be talking to you right now. But in the long run, like my stepdad, like get, to get back to him, like I don't have a job right now, but that's really it's not by choice, it's just by a weird coincidence. But like my stepdad, like they they moved from Grandview to Dublin, they signed some contract with the city that they'd get a pat a tax break as long as they kept their employees at like 130 jobs. So they'd give them a tax break in the city of Dublin if they constantly had like 130 new employees or something like that. I don't know the, the, 
the whole the whole contract. Like I don't know the, the whole the, all the specifics. So then this company called Skillsoft comes, and Skillsoft buys my stepdad, the company my stepdad works for, and after a couple of weeks they lay everybody off, and Skillsoft ends up being owned by Bain Capital, and it's just this vulture capitalism that's going on. That's not the weirdest thing about our country is everybody's saying, oh, it's free markets the problem or socialism's the problem, but in reality the problem is this mutant this mutant form of government that's taken place that we, we don't really live in a free market world, but it, in a free market country, but we don't really live in a socialist country. Instead, what happens is we get these weird, these weird fucking mutant creature policies like Obamacare, where in Obamacare, like a lot of people are trying to, well, what, what I don't understand is why all these Demo- Democrats are getting behind it. Because in reality, Obamacare in the long run is going to hurt poor people. It's not going to hurt, hurt corporations. I mean, all these corporations are using Obamacare as an excuse to lay people off. Like all these dumbasses I see on Facebook that are saying that, you know, hostess wouldn't have gone out of business if it wasn't for Obamacare. No, that's not the case. I mean, the problem is, is that small businesses drive our economy in reality. Like small businesses really do because there's, it's entrepreneurs. It's people that, that give a shit that are really out to, you know, have a passion about something but you know most ceos of companies didn't start that company i mean they don't even give a shit they're they're mainly just overpaid bureaucrats and it's it's more about the bottom line it's more about we maximize our profits because it looks good for the stockholders versus like instead of how can we be an influence on every community that we're in or how can we improve people's lives with our company and and i think it's 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 a big disconnect from back um i did read a self-help book once that it was actually pretty good (laughs) total but it's called it's not really a self-help book but it's called the magic of thinking big and in the magic of thinking talks about who like basically he was a ceo but he also owned the company he was still involved and he was very loyal to his employees and one of his employees was a good worker but he was just kind of on the downside and he showed up to work drunk, and he just was kind of like useless at work. And instead of firing him, the guy got, and he went and he talked to the guy, and he's like, hey, man, you need to go home. And he just kind of gave him this really good speech, and it changed the guy's life because he said, you know, this isn't who you really are. This isn't what, how you really work. But there's not, there's not that sense of humanity in, in, in jobs anymore. There's not like that sense of humanity when you go to your work every day. Like, and I was working at an evil telecommunications company. It was very much... You know, what have you done for me lately? And then the reason why I didn't get the job was because I forgot about something in my background. I had a misdemeanor in my background that I totally forgot about because I was concerned about, like, because I'd gotten the DUI in July. So I wanted to make sure I knew where to put this. I said, well, you haven't been convicted. So I forgot about this public urination misdemeanor that I had. $50 <laughs> the job. Because, and, and, and it's not even just that, like, the same thing would have happened if, if, let's say, I went hunting without a license or I went fishing without a license and I got caught. If I don't report that to the company, there's no humanity there anymore. There's no, hey, are you sure you forgot? Like, you sure you didn't forget anything? It's well, uh, sorry, man. I was on a big soapbox there. No, that's cool. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, uh, I sometimes it's hard to get to not get in that caught in that thing of, well, it used to be this way. And now it's this way, and this way sucks because that because it's you know it's just like 
like that happens like that's a very common thing that people get stuck in but uh nothing a lot of things don't it seems like they change but they really don't and i don't know was there ever really any sort of compassion in on a corporate level ever i it's really hard i think it all depends on an innovator um like Apple's gonna go down the toilet now that Steve Jobs is dead. Steve Jobs said he'd never release a seven-inch tablet, and then they do it like less than a year after he dies. And to answer your question before I dilute it into a misdirection, I think I think I think yeah, there there was. I mean, if you look at look at Toledo, Ohio, look at Libby Glass, like Libby, like the big reason why Toledo has an art museum was because Libby, like. The CEO and founder of Libby Glass wanted art, like wanted to have an art presence in the city of Toledo. So I think, you know, if you have an innovator and you have like somebody who who is an entrepreneur and then takes it another step, like after, you know, hey, I've already built this company. What else can I do in the world? I think, yeah, there was a time, but I, I still think there was still the shitheads, too. Um, I don't think there's ever been a time there wasn't shitheads. I mean... Like Henry Ford, he was just from studying Henry Ford. Like he was a pretty crazy guy and all. But Henry Ford, I mean, like he would stalk his employees. <laughs> yeah, like he would follow them in a bar. Like he would make like he had this weird like he's like, hey, I'm gonna pay you this wage, but you have to behave outside of work. So he would like spy on his employees when they would go to bars and stuff like that. But I I think it was for their own good. I mean, unions work a lot differently. I think unions definitely have an influence too. Like. If you talk to like, if your grandfather, if you have if you have any older relatives that were in unions like in the earlier, in the, like the 50s or even the 60s, I mean they operated a lot differently. Um, if a guy was late to work and he was in the union, they used to draw straws to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like it sounds crazy, but it was it was like they would do that stuff for their own good. Well, yeah. Well, listen, we're just getting everybody's just getting pussified. I just feel like there's there's really like. A, I don't know. I've been really uh, thinking about this concept of uh, sort of like it's not you know an original concept, but just the concept of the sort of the emasculation of men yeah. in a way. But it's like it's like anybody who really complains about that, like really, what are you doing, dude? You know, you, everybody's out. You know, there's everybody's out to get the man. But really, there is something that comes from. You know they're trying to stop bullying, but a certain amount of bullying is somewhat natural. And I don't think kids, you know, definitely when a kid, you know, jumps off a bridge because somebody, you know, revealed they were gay on Facebook or whatever. Of course, that's that's awful. But that's it's almost like I mean, you're getting you're getting a, you're sort of stripping away something that's very natural. And while it's like, you know, I I didn't get bullied, but I definitely got picked on. And it's like that sort of made me and I know it sort of made a lot of people who they were. So if you strip that away, you know, there's they're, they're uh, treating the result, not the symptom. You're not going to the root symptoms are not the results. And I really, really like a lot of just to tie it back to what you were saying, a lot of. The, the problems that we're coming across are really due to like sort of sort of cold emasculated sort of work environments yeah. and oh I'm sorry no 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 keep going I was just gonna interrupt you 
keep not no i didn't really have anything to say you know a lot of people believe that's because of the suppression of the feminine spirit it's more of women it's it's i feel like the roles of men and women in our society are really confused right now um i think that you know well it's just people putting way more thought into the roles that of you know is really what's sort of almost uh maybe i'm generalizing generalizing too much but it's really almost like the root yeah it's almost like sort of questioning it the instead of just being it's the i mean definitely being objective with yourself is is good but to a certain degree when it's sort of like analysis paralysis yeah where it's getting to the point of uh like I said, where it's counterintuitive, it's going, it's really sort of creating sort of culturally just a lot of, uh, I guess, confusion, I guess you would say. And it's weird because you can't even, it's not even something like I've, like what we're saying, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like, it's played out or anything, but it's definitely not a new sort of thought. But if, but to have that thought, it's almost like you're, whoa, get back in the kitchen, ladies. You know what I mean? That's not what we're trying to say at all. I mean, I, 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 I mean, definitely, man, for me personally, like, I'm definitely attracted to stronger women. Like, I don't want a, a weak girl that's not going to challenge me. That's not what I want at all. But at the same time, I'm, I don't want a woman that's going to try to compete with me, if that makes sense. Like, you know, there's, I'd rather have somebody, like, I, I'd rather focus on being with people that compliment me and I compliment them than people that I always have to fight. You know what I mean? That it's always a, a fucking pissing contest. Like, that's not the way to be. And that's, that's very much so the way our, our society is, is becoming is it's, it's, it's a big pissing contest. It's, it's, you know, everybody's trying to outdo the other, um, which, which does help with innovations and in to a certain extent, but you know, competitiveness can only take you so far. Like there has to be. Well, it, it can be like we were saying with analysis. It can, be, it can become crippling. It can be to the point of you know I'm I'm a huge from Chicago. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. But if you look at if you follow sports at all, you look at what he's doing now. He's the owner of he's the owner of a team now. Yeah. He's not he's not a very good owner because what he's doing is sort of based off of you know, that competition thing where it's, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to not sort of, uh, it's almost like he's going to, he's trying to jump from the free throw line as an owner. You know what I mean? And it's not really working out because it's like, well, that's what I've always done. And there's nobody around him to tell that's not what you're, you just can't do that. Not sort of that level of sort of competition doesn't, it can't, it doesn't apply to everything. And it, and it, uh, that makes sense. I mean, or, and there's probably nobody that would tell him that either. I mean, Michael Jordan doesn't really seem like a guy that's that's going to take advice. I mean, I mean, he's very. I mean, he he thinks. I mean, your video that you made actually shows Michael Jordan today. Like, he's kind of delusional now. Like, he doesn't he doesn't want to be away from being the greatest. He has to be the greatest at something. Um, and it's it's really. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's like. Uh, an egocentric sort of thing. Well, it's all sort of, a lot of sports is sort of ego driven at a certain point. Cause it's like, you have to have sort of the utmost part of it is a lot of it or is confidence. You have to have a certain amount of confidence in your abilities to get these, 
things done to be able to, excuse me, in the high pressure situations to be able to handle yourself. And a lot of that is, you know, just being sure in your abilities. So, so it's, so, uh, it's like, uh, your abilities. Yeah. It's like, uh, in sports, that's, it's healthy. Yeah, but when you're getting to a point where it's like you're supposed to be uh, sort of more collaborative with people, and as an owner, what whatever it is, it's it can be detrimental. Yeah, like Jerry Jones um, as a general manager right now of the Cowboys. Like it's it's no question. Like yeah, the Cowboys are worth the most of any NFL franchise. But it's, there's no everybody knows what the problem is in Dallas. It's the fact that Jerry Jones is way too involved as an owner. He's just way too involved. It's he needs to treat it like he's he needs to treat it. He needs to take a step back. He needs to have other people do. You know, if you're going to be the owner, I think you know to a certain extent, like you should. You know, you look at Jim Irsay. Like Jim Irsay knew. Like I'm a Colts fan. He knew when to clear house in the Colts. Like look how good the Colts are right now. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun watching this season because. I had zero expectations, and we we win a lot of games we're not supposed to, especially at home. But a lot of times we'll get our ass kicked too. But at the same time, what I was saying is, Jim Irsay is like this quirky owner, and a lot of people criticize him because he does say a lot of shit on Twitter. Personality, but when push came to shove, he cleaned house, he put people in that he knew could do the job, and now he's not involved. And I think as an owner in sports, that's that's really that really should be your role, unlike you know Jerry Jones or the guy from Oakland, Al Davis, that just died. I think that's that's a big issue, and, and like what we were saying, it's because their ego is way too in the way. If that makes sense. Is that yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, kind of what we were talking about, or is that totally totally something a different point that I just made? No, 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 no. That was completely on point. Okay, good. <laughs> what well, else? I'll get I'll get to because I never really addressed you. You asked me something about uh, I actually wanted to say more than I did about you were saying. Yeah. Do I see more people my age becoming sort of hey, sort of evolving their sort of for just philosophies? When we were talking about people of your age or people in your generation, and just about to say before I really interrupted you. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what I was gonna say was that I think it's. I think it's more of like I do see them a lot of uh, what I like is that I see more people sort of evolving their philosophies more like a I guess like more sort of libertarian sort of thinking but to a certain extent I don't think there's like a lot of things that I don't like like uh, I guess really I think people have to address how they're using technology and like things like Facebook and Twitter and it gets to a certain point where it's like, all right, we're just going to, we have the greatest tool ever. Like literally we're using one of the most greatest, the greatest tool for information and for communicating it's ever existed. Yeah. Ever. And we're just taking pictures of desserts and talking about Justin Bieber. Yeah. Shane Smith was saying, like, it's internet's becoming a derivative of TV, and it's, well, it's, not, it's not even so much 
like a derivative. It's I wouldn't say it's like derivative in that sense. It's like a, it's just becoming like this, it's becoming like a distraction. Yeah. Like instead of becoming this uh, almost like no. like a like a tool, it's becoming just something we just kind of do. Yeah, like I'm guilty of it, like playing with playing words with friends. Like it's the dumbest thing ever. Well, no, that's not that's not bad. But like more what I was saying, where it's I think it's bad because it distracts me. But uh, yeah, people are using Facebook or well, the funniest thing to me with Facebook is dude, I don't know how many times a day, like or not how many like at least every day I look on my Facebook and I just read some things that I of people that people I know have like written and I'm like what are we doing yeah. what are we doing here yeah that's a good point um or what I think is funny on Facebook is adults that don't know how to use Facebook and they don't understand privacy settings uh-huh. like big fucking uh it's happened in my family like big fucking out of control drama breaks out and it's all because one asshole didn't know how to turn his Facebook page from public to a private page and uh and that's it's wasted energy like it's the dumbest thing ever like you read all these these fucking stupid comments and yeah definitely I really agree with wasted energy it's just yeah I think that if there was anything that I was like upset with or that I'm very that really makes me pessimistic about uh, I guess the future. Yeah. Really, just being kids my age, it's like sort of still like because there's still a lot of people that I know that know uh, that are still playing in this, into the same old system instead of you know sort of trying to sort of evolve it. And that even though they know that it's bad. It's just like we're just it seems like there's a lot of squandering going on. No, that makes uh makes perfect sense. It's yeah, the biggest thing that I I mean it, to me that goes back to the whole idea of freedom. Like how many people really want to be free? Like how many people really like a lot of people don't even care and then it it makes me wonder if I'm I'm wasting my energy by giving a shit about freedom or by either signing a petition or being an activist in my own right about that or trying to get awareness about how our civil liberties are being taken away. And that kind of and that actually spurs Facebook fights sometimes. So I'd actually well, friends. Well yeah, definitely it's like uh it questions whether or not first like uh if you should if you should, you know, like you said, put energy into even doing that when you know, it's not not to say that, you know, like you you were saying, uh, people don't want to be free. I'm not sure if it's that. It's like they just don't know how. Yeah, or it's like it's just not even like a almost like they say that they don't want to be free or whatever. It's almost like you're saying it's almost like I'm you're giving them. Oh, I, I got it. I was, the first point was, should we even be doing it? And two is, is is it avoidable? Is sort of, what's the what's the end point? Yeah. What's the what's the ultimate goal? 
and can't is it even achievable yeah yeah um but then you then you have to think back to you know i think something i like to think about is i mean then it, it comes down to your values and it really comes down to courage and I think the best quote in To Kill a Mockingbird was, courage is fighting a battle that you know you can't win. Um, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with that definition, because it could also be stupidity. But if yeah, it, I, I never liked To Kill a Mockingbird, personally. Yeah. yeah me never, never liked Catcher in the Rye, either. I don't care. Either, no. No, I didn't either. But I think it, what it comes down to is if if I really believe in something and, you know, my fear sometimes is am I wasting my energy? But from what I'm learning from myself, just from doing it, uh, I don't think I am just because as long as I'm still growing as a human being, that's really what's the most important thing to me. And then I'm still improving myself. Whether it be in, in whether it be me, you know, being annoying about petitions or trying to bring awareness or trying to, you know, encourage people to to think with with a want to be free or to want freedoms um, or civil liberties. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know if 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 you know, I, I know I don't have the answers and I know I don't necessarily know what what's going to solve a lot of our problems. But I, I just think like the biggest thing that we can do is just is just uh, talk about it, have conversations like we're having right now, um, using a great tool like Twitter to meet each other. You know what I mean? And that's, uh, I think that's, that's really where it goes from here is having more conversations and getting more people involved in these conversations. And I think as a collective group, if you look at, which I don't know if you really believe in or not, but anything about like transcendental meditation uh yeah yeah when they went to dc and they were meditating and it dropped crime rate it could have been a coincidence but i think i think even like the power of of one collective i think could actually be really it could have a big influence i don't I, we don't know really how many of us it's going to take to really make changes but at the same time if we learn to start voting with our dollars instead of with our ballots, we can we can have a lot of purchasing power as, you know, Death Squad Ohio. Um, hmm. like kinda like what we have now. I mean we can we can literally choose what comics we want Red Band to bring out with them now. I mean and that's just from because a hundred people responded on Squad Ohio to Well Well I think that uh I don't know, I just think that sort of promoting even though this is on, you know, on a sort of smaller scale, but even just on the smallest level, sort of promoting, like you were saying, conversations. Yeah. It it can uh, it can sort of snowball, and then it becomes like uh, like sometimes I I don't mean to get I if I talk I've never really talked about you know sort of my videos before, and I I don't mean to get arrogant, but like the last sort of video was short. Joe Rogan and Shane Smith, where it was like, you know, I was in a video about. Well, thank you. Well, you can get. I feel like I sort of try to use. Sometimes I try to use their words as mine in a way, where it's like, like I really, like I do think that it's like I'm not, like I watch TV and I'm not really happy with any of the, 
like most programming and i've been watching uh sort of uh clips of remember uh tough crowd with colin quinn yeah yeah i used to watch that that was on um like right after the daily show for a while yeah and i was watching it and i was like why isn't there a why isn't this on still why aren't there more shows shows like it this is that is what this is it was just you know people just being honest with themselves if you really break it down to the sort of utmost point yeah i think uh i think a big reason why it's not on is you know i'd hate to keep saying you know corporate advertising and product placement but i think that's why it's hard to really place a product in into a conversation like, I think, like, uh, ABC Radio, they do it, like, Adam Carolla's style of podcasting and what kind of pendulette's taken on. I think it's distracting to, in the middle of a conversation, have an advertisement. Like, I actually like a lot the way Pendulette does it, just because Pendulette is really funny the way he does it. But I'd prefer, you know, Joe Rogan's way. I'd prefer, hey, let's get it out of the way and then let's have a conversation. You know, let's let's not... I mean, think well, about even even not even just conversations, even in just the regular like uh, like I watch, you know, like what, like I said earlier, one of the shows, one of the only shows I follow is Louie. And really at at a sort of the basis for uh, like a lot of the comedy is just sort of self-deprecating uh, realism. And uh, I think the reason why so many people connect with, you know, the music of like. 60s and 70s you know the Beatles the Doors because it really comes down to sort of them being honest with themselves yeah in a way yeah. and that's really that and that you know this shines through that makes sense I mean and that's I mean that's what's powerful about podcasts is you know essentially I was thinking about it the other night is by my brother and I doing this podcast and a majority of me doing it right now, just because I have the time to do it is it's, it's, it's basically me just being humble, attempting to be humble and just putting out to the internet. Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Well, what? well, look at this episode. You have me on. I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> I, I, in high school, I failed algebra five times. I'm, I'm a moron. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have invited me on the show. I think you're a talented artist. Nah, I don't think. I, I'm not so sure about that. I, I think you have a voice that needs to be heard, though. I think people want to know who you are. People want to know who's this guy that's making who really like what you said does a good job of taking other people's words, but getting a point across, like helping them make their point. I mean, to me, that's that's really what you do, because I'll listen to the podcast, but it doesn't necessarily hit me until I see it in your video, and and it, you know, all the time, like, because it's really hard to to listen to a conversation, and you might be able to remember a few key points, but to actually to have the audio and visual experience the way you present your videos is is powerful. I mean, it's not it's not a normal way to 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 learn something or or think about a concept or a thought that somebody's having or it, it's a different it's it's a way to help express yourself if that makes sense. Hmm. So I I think that's 
I mean, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I think it's it's amazing what you do with film editing. I mean, it's 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 inspiring to me. So. Well, I think that anybody who listens to this podcast is gonna listen to this episode and gonna be really unsatisfied with it. If I if I can be honest, I think they're gonna listen to it and be like, Drew, you really turned it took a turn for the worst. I don't think so. What, what are you doing? I don't think so. I mean, this is the longest I've ever actually recorded. You're having this dope on. He's talking. He, do, he can't keep it. He can't keep a subject going. He's talking about Michael Jordan and and women in the workplace within five minutes of each other. Yeah, I actually think uh, I think we need to wrap this up. I think my my guests are about to arrive, and I got to record another podcast. But all right, man, we'll edit this down to the best. Yeah, I'll send it, it to you before. Well, no, I, I I won't listen to it at all. Okay. Just keep me out of it as much as you can, because really, if like if I had to edit this, it'd be five minutes long. Well, I don't necessarily know if I'd really want to hear what I have to say, but I think uh, you know you just got to put it out there, man. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's 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 an expression. This conversation is is an expression of our thoughts coming together. So and and I think you know it's you, to be honest, you have to put it out there, because maybe somebody can take something positive out of it. Um, but anyways, man, we'll have to hang out outside of Skype, too. Um, now that you know that I'm not a petter ass and I know that you're and, 13. Yeah, that I'm not an Asian boy, 14-year-old yeah. Asian boy. Well, thanks for well, thanks for having me on. And, uh, well, it would have been pretty arrogant for me to not do it because you're the only one that's ever asked me to do a podcast. <laughs> it's no problem, man. It's not, it's not like for me to go just Drew sample, whatever. I got, po- I got podcast offers coming in every day. It's like, yeah, a lot of people don't still, I don't know. It, it will happen, man. I think it, it will definitely happen. I think. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think I want it to happen. Okay, well, it doesn't happen. Just people asking me for the, I don't know. You'll be a regular. You'll have to actually get on and we'll have to have a face-to-face podcast. Yeah, no, I'll do this again. Can you do one without Skype? Like, will you let me drive out there and pick you up and we can hang out? And then we can take you back. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, cool, dude. Well, uh, everyone needs to follow you on YouTube. Um, rate, subscribe, and like and favorite his shit. Uh, it's mis- it's Mischief Maker 37. Yeah, I really I really hate that name because I made it when I was 13, and I thought all, all like internet names had to have numbers in it. Well, Mischief Maker 37 is fine, and also follow you on Twitter at tangerine show is it the tangerine show or just tangerine show at tangerine show yeah tangerine show mean anyways uh it has something you know i was talking about just videotaping ourselves it has it's has it's a reference to something like that really every account i've made yeah it should have just been brandon farley but i never thought i would do anything with my twitter account yeah i'm having people follow you everyone's like who is who is brandon farley i'm like that makes the awesome videos. They're like, oh, that guy. As soon as I say that, then they, they put two and two together. So anyways, Brandon, it was a pleasure, man. And um, yeah, man, it's been an hour and 42 minutes. It was actually yeah. good. Yeah, well, I got to thank you again for having me on. And uh, yeah, you're going to edit all that stuff I said about the Jews out, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, you take care. Enjoy your Friday.